Welcome to St. James Parish in Wilmington, North Carolina. You can learn more about St. James on our website at stjamesp.org. There are many different ways to describe a good person. Someone you feel represents the best of us. Call them good and honest, awesome, exceptional, Some may call them idols, though maybe not best here. Some call them role models. Some might say they are kind or humble or charitable. But my favorite way to describe a really good person, salt of the earth. It's a phrase that I hadn't really heard all that much until I arrived at my previous parish where it was a common phrase of the rector, and when he described someone as salt of the earth, I knew they were really, really good. Since then, this common phrase has stuck with me all the more as a a personal favorite of mine, and, and maybe yours too. I've even heard it among some here at this parish, and just yesterday at a funeral here in this church, I heard someone describe their late friend with those same fitting words, salt of the earth. It sounds nice to be sure, but salt of the earth? What does that really mean? And why do we go around saying it? I mean, if you just stop and think about it, I mean, to someone who's never heard that phrase before, they'd probably look at you like you were crazy. As we see in today's gospel, that common expression comes right out of Matthew's gospel, from out of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. So I suppose it seems pretty clear to me then that to truly be salt of the earth, according to Jesus, you just have to have good taste, right? I mean, maybe maybe that's not quite what Jesus meant by salt and taste. Maybe Jesus is telling us and calling us to something even more. And maybe to not only be just good, and honest people, important as that is, but also to be like salt to the world, employing ourselves, much the way that salt is employed and deployed best, and as Jesus says right after, to be like a light to the world, employing ourselves as light is employed best. I mean, imagine just for a moment salt in its original placement, set apart from anything else. What use is it? It's nothing more than an idle mineral in the ground without function. does nothing. Or imagine, even a step further, it's salt in its processed form, and you're excited for what? You will expect to be a delicious, filling, well-presented meal. And 
out comes salt. That's it. A heaping mound of salt presented for you to eat. Edible, yeah, sure, but not so appetizing. Or if in the off chance it is, I suggest you reach out to your primary care physician. (laughs) Salt on its own, whether it's in the ground or on your plate, does little good. But salt in the right amount, paired with food or other products, does so much. So much to preserve it, to enhance it in flavor, to bring out its best qualities. You might even be surprised to learn just how much salt is in for how much we use it for. Light functions in much the same way. Imagine a bright and beautiful light when kept apart Obscured by walls and barriers, its reach is contained, unable to go beyond the barriers put around it. Its potential is limited. And when completely obscured, doesn't matter how bright it is, how good it is, it illuminates nothing. But when fed with energy, made bright, properly placed and unencumbered by barriers, it can shine brightly and illuminate everything around it. I'm probably not teaching you anything new about salt and light, but these analogies of salt and light, they tell us so much about how Jesus invites us and calls us. They teach us something about what it means to be a people of faith, And it's a lesson we probably need now as much as ever. I can't tell you how many times in my life I've heard someone say, I'm a Christian, I believe in God, but church, that's not for me. Or the oft understandable phrase, I love God, but I hate religion. Or one of my favorites, my faith is my own personal relationship with God, with the addition of, and it's none of your business, to really make the point. And it's true, faith is indeed personal. Our journeys of faith are all unique to us, and our own relationship to God is a special relationship to each of us. By yourself, you can believe in God. By yourself, you can, you can pray. It is also true that when it comes to communities of faith, countless can and have done so much harm. Like any groups whose purpose is distorted and misguided by sin. And within any vulnerable community where people open themselves up, There's the possibility for power and ego to try to take advantage. Yes, all of that is true. And yet at the same time, Jesus tells us today, a true life of faith is one in which we continually grow in the knowledge and love of God and go forth in love as Christ loved us. A life of faith 
in which we love our neighbors as ourselves cannot be just about ourselves and our personal faith. It's as impossible as breathing without oxygen. A life of faith necessitates sharing our God-given gifts, our love for God, sharing it in community with others as others share theirs with us. To put it simply, we can't do faith or even life alone. Believe it or not, we need others. And just as important, others need us. It's why communities of any kind matter, but especially our communities of faith, our community here, the people gathered around you this morning, communities that worship as we do and break bread together, gather in community, serve each other and others beyond it. And yes, that's true even now, in this time when our services, as this one, are so wonderfully accessible via live stream and recorded for all to see, such that we can watch from the comfort of our home, and as was so necessary for a time, and still remains necessary for some. But for those of us who are able, showing up matters. Because, believe it or not, you need others. And others, they need you. The world needs all of us. Because all of us are like that salt and light. Alone and shuttered, we can accomplish nothing. But used as God intended, and with God's help, we can accomplish more than we could ever ask or imagine. As you may recall from last Sunday, we heard Jesus begin this sermon by the Sea of Galilee with the Beatitudes, in which he says, Blessed, blessed are the poor and hungry, the meek and sorrowful, the merciful and pure in heart, the peacemakers and the persecuted, not because of their challenges, their sufferings, but because God will be faithful to them and deliver them. And it is within that context, it is following those words, those words in which God promises to be faithful to us and deliver us in all that we do, that Jesus now says to us today, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. There's another phrase with which you might be familiar, something your parents may have said to you growing up when they weren't maybe pleased with you or that maybe you've said to your own children, sometimes, really often, said with a sneer, go and make yourself useful. Applied to this passage, the phrase seems most fitting. Don't sit around. Don't diminish your innate value. Don't stymie your faith by keeping it hidden and bottled up. Go, God says. Go and make yourself 
useful. With God's help, be like salt and light for each other. As salt does, seasoning, enhancing, preserving life, and then like light, shining for one another. But not just that. From there, together, be salt and light for the world, giving meaning and purpose and life to others, and ultimately illuminating the love of God into the darkness of this world. So, what does it really mean to be salt of the earth, as the expression goes? To be a good and honest person, of course. To be a person of good taste, maybe. But more than that, God tells us that to really, really be salt of the earth and to be light for the world, go and make yourself useful. Show up and be present again and again. Continue to grow in God's love together. And everywhere you go, live such that others will see and even get a taste of God's love through you that may make them want even maybe just a bit more. Go and make yourself useful because in all of it, the good and ill, God says, I will be with you and I will deliver you always. Always.